Hello and a big warm welcome to you and welcome to the Aware Parenting and Natural Learning Podcast. My name is Marion Rose. And I'm Joss Golden. And today we're talking all about meeting needs, which is a really important question, isn't it, in Aware Parenting and Natural Learning? So often parents will say to us, well, how can I get my needs met? Or how can I get my child's needs met? Or my multiple children's needs met if I am not sending them to school? not going to a nine-to-five job, how can all the needs that often do get met by that common setup get met? So we're here to answer every single question about that. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to aim to offer some ways of looking at that that you might find helpful. Mm. And it's such a central part of aware parenting, isn't it, that we are aware of our needs, we're aware of our children's needs, we are trusting that we can find ways to to meet everybody's needs, that everybody in the family's needs matter, and all of those aspects. And it's such a central part of natural learning, too, because that's what we're just trying to do is to ensure that we can meet as many of our children's needs as possible, and also be meeting ours at the same time. Yes, and I think it's really helpful to hold in mind that sometimes we need to be a little bit creative because we are doing something that is outside of what most people do and to hold in mind yes it is really possible to meet everyone's needs but we do often need to be quite creative about that and to really think outside the box Mm, yeah and to understand that we can't always meet every need and for our children or for ourselves and so it's also about tuning into the uniqueness of each individual in the family and what their real core needs are for them as as individuals and then finding ways as best we can to meet those or or to be identifying what are our main needs at this particular moment that will be different in a month's time and finding ways to meet those rather than always trying to meet every need of everyone. And often it does require us to see things differently because it could be that we're worried, for example, that if we take our children out of school, we won't be meeting their needs for learning in a traditional way that is, is offered at school. But then we can also see that by having them at home, allowing them to find their own way with things and to learn in a more natural flowing way meets lots of much deeper needs. So it's yeah it's it's always about tuning in and seeing what they need what what we need and then like you say finding creative ways to try and meet those needs and the beautiful thing knowing that if we don't meet their needs at times which there will be times where either their needs don't get met or our needs don't get met or both of ours that we do have of course with our parenting being able to listen to feelings and that being the way that healing happens when needs don't get met so There's like a net, isn't there, to know that, yep, it's really normal and natural that at times not everyone's needs will get met. But we can give it to our child, we can listen to their feelings, we can give them empathy, we can let them know that we've really heard them, we really understand them, and we're working out once they've expressed their feelings, okay, what might we do differently or what ideas do we have to get your needs met in this scenario? And similarly, that it's so important for us also to receive compassion not only from ourselves but from our empathy partner or we're parenting instructor or friend to actually have our feelings heard when our needs aren't met and how painful that is when we don't have needs met and how that's again such a core part of aware parenting isn't it I loved how you described that yeah absolutely it's so so important and it's so powerful when we do receive that listening and for our children too to have that acknowledgement and that understanding is is 
so it just transforms everything for for all of us and we can reassure ourselves that we don't need to be meeting everybody's needs and we don't need everything to to work out just as we hope it will it's really fine because just as long as they're getting that listening or we are getting that listening we're getting that acknowledgement we're getting that support then like you say that's healed that's healed those that pain from that experience or those experiences so yeah we don't always have to be making things different we just the power of listening to feelings and receiving that is immense Yes, and I think also it can be so important to really remember that it's so normal and natural for it to be hard at times or even sometimes impossible to meet certain needs because we live in this disconnected domination culture where so many of the needs that would be met if we lived in an Indigenous culture or a, a healthy culture just are really hard to get met. Things that would just be part of the background, like community and connection, deep connection with the seasons and with the land and with our ancestors' traditions and a deep sense of meaning and purpose and belonging. Belonging, most of all, we've talked about this before. So many needs that would just be inherently met in a healthy culture that we do not get met, that we we are needing to do certain things in order to get those needs met. So I think, again, it's really important to hold in mind that we as individuals are aiming to meet needs that are really designed to be met just inherently by the culture. And of course, that's going to mean it's hard at times. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so many times life would be so much easier in terms of meeting needs, both our needs and our children's needs, if we were living in a way that we're more naturally designed to be living and trying to meet everybody's needs one person alone often at home all day isolated it's just not possible it's really not possible so yeah it's it's really hard and like we often requires us to be really creative to do what we can to bring more of that back into our lives yeah yeah and I guess what we're really holding well I'm imagining you are too Joss is that where parenting and natural learning are the more innate natural ways that we're designed to live that we are designed to live deeply connected needs being honored being protected wherever possible no punishments and rewards children being supported to follow their interests and learn through being in community like this is just all of these things would just be part of the background of life in a healthy culture so I think, again, to hold in mind that that's well, certainly that's what I hold as that this is the innate way. This is the way we're designed to live. And mm. so the fact that we are trying, well, not trying, we're aiming to do these things to bring back a much more innate, natural, healthy way of living in a culture that is doing the opposite of that and the hugeness of that. So I think, again, to pause and really celebrate all of us and, and what we're doing as individuals to really aim to change the culture to bring back mm. something that's actually much more fit for how we're really designed to live. Yes, yes, indeed. I love how you describe that. Yeah, absolutely. How the more people who who make these choices as well, the easier it will slowly, gradually, gradually become for us to be able to do this in a way that that does meet more needs for ourselves and for our children, because there will be more understanding, there will be more community, there will be more support. All of these things will will make it easier. So yeah, yeah, I love how you describe that. And I love how you said that. It's like a helpful thing to think, isn't it? Like each family that does that, it's like, well, we make with some like another, I don't know what the word is, like a node, another possibility for another family to connect in with. And 
it makes it more and more possible for this to be more of a background thing that just is just how things are. So every for every single person that makes this choice, we're really, really celebrating you. And if you're thinking about making this choice, I wonder if that's a helpful way of looking at it, that you actually support a wider movement to make it more just how things are. Yes, be part of the revolution <laughs> to take us back to how we are designed to live more in connection. Yeah, love it. Yes. So one of the things I'm really grateful, I'm grateful for you for so many things. And one of the things I'm really grateful for you, to you for is your uh, showing me and explaining to me about, about needs and guiding me towards nonviolent communication, because I think that has been a really powerful um, way to support myself to understand this much, much more clearly. I had no idea that I had any needs. I, I mean, I understood that I needed to breathe and I needed to eat and I needed to drink water and I needed shelter. But other than that, I really had no understanding at all that I had other needs that were central for my life to feel like I'm living in a way that feels like I'm thriving. And I remember the first time I went to read uh, some of Marshall Rosenberg's beautiful work at the Center for Nonviolent Communication. I was just absolutely stunned that there was this list that he's put together of all of these needs, the majority of which are core needs that most of us have in order to, to live a life that feels uh, nourishing that feels joyful that feels connected and living in integrity with with who we are and I, I remember le reading that and just being absolutely stunned first of all that that this could be there and second of all that none of these needs really had been met for me as a child really and um and the huge impact of that it's just it's just quite extraordinary when you see that list <laughs> you think Gosh, wow. Okay. This this makes sense then why life feels difficult and challenging and off so often. And how can I then bring my awareness uh to, to this for myself and for my children? Oh, Joss, I so agree. And I love that you had the idea of bringing in the list. There's a list of needs there that are so helpful to go through. And I remember very similarly, Joss, when I first found this 21 years ago, and I I remember reading Marshall's book, one of his basic books, and just it was like every single it's like I felt so discombobulated, which is a word I learned from NBC, because everything I thought I knew about human beings was really turned upon its head. And that's after already knowing about aware parenting. And I remember back in the day, I printed out the list. So there's lists of needs and there's also lists of feelings, feelings when our needs are met and feelings when our needs are not met. And so I had these three lists printed out and um, with sticky back plastic back in the day on my countertop for about two years. And literally almost every time I walk past, I'd be like trying to work out, okay, what, what am I needing? What am I feeling? And it was such a wonderful way because I was learning that while my daughter Lana was learning to talk. So I was learning to talk to her in NBC by checking out what might she be needing what might she be feeling and offering her empathy and it was such a wonderful way that whilst she was learning to talk I was also learning to to think in these new ways which was holding needs as so central and I'm so incredibly grateful to Marshall Rosenberg and 
NBC. I just think it's such life-changing work, isn't it? To, to go, oh my God, all of these needs and the depth and the nuances of different needs and how important it is sometimes to really, you know, I remember for me going through and like, oh, hang on, what, what am I really needing right now? Is it is it connection? No, oh, no, it's actually empathy or no, it's actually to be heard and you know, the specificness. And when we really have that sense of like, ah, oh, yeah, that's what it is, or that that sigh and that relief, or when someone offers empathy and really gets that empathy guess accurately, you know, are you needing some rest? And we go, ah, oh, yes. Or they might guess, this was part of MVC that I learned, is that these empathy guesses, we might often, you know, is it that you're needing some rest? And it might be, oh, no, it's not quite rest. It's actually, whatever the knee might be, it's actually yeah, community or it's empathy or it's support or it's yeah, to be heard or to be understood or to be really got. The power of really being understood in this deep way is so life-changing, isn't it? And then so helpful in our parenting to be able to keep checking in and keep you know, for our child or our children, like what might they be needing here? But equally for us, like what are we needing in this situation? It is... One of the most powerful things, isn't it, ever? So thank you for bringing that up to, for us to, to include here today. I love that, yeah. And I think the clarity about it is so important because then we can find ways, take steps to meet those needs, whether it's for ourselves or for our children. And we can acknowledge the impact of those needs not being met in a really precise way that really feels healing for that person because it's really, it's it's spot on. It's exactly exactly what it is that they're needing in that moment and these are all core human needs I think that it's really something that's that just I found so incredible to learn that yeah we all have needs for honesty and for play and for autonomy and for meaning and for connection and those are the the different categories that he uses and and within each of those it's so amazing the like you say those subtle nuances between whether it's like in connection for example a need for safety or a need for security and it, it's it's different there's there's different themes and different qualities underneath those needs and yet when we become really aware of this and tune into it and get really clear the distinction between meeting a need for safety or meeting a need for security would be a different action that we would be required to take and to have somebody offer you empathy that really captures the unique need that you're really missing in that moment feels incredibly healing because you feel completely got, completely seen, completely understood, which again is a fundamental human core need. So it's just so powerful when we uh, learn learn more about this and get more detail and more understanding of it. So yeah, I really recommend people having a look at this inventory. It's really, really helpful. Yes. And again, really understanding in the disconnected domination culture, we're really trained and we've talked a lot about this even in was that in the last episode I think or in quite a few of them how the DDC really is designed to train us out of being connected with our needs and knowing what we need and being able to not only so there's a few steps knowing what we need valuing what we need knowing that we're safe to ask for what we need or to make take action to to have our needs met to be willing to have our needs met and to really also kind of celebrate that and how our culture really 
makes all of those steps really hard. It helps us disconnect from even what we feel in our body, as we've talked about. If we went to school and we didn't, we couldn't even go to the toilet when we needed to, or we couldn't eat or drink when we needed to. All of that, on the, even on the most basic physiological level, let alone all the emotional needs and all the all the needs that that just we couldn't ask for or say no this isn't my meeting my needs right now to be sitting here doing this learning this and all the other layers as well the shaming the judgment of needs the in our culture the Marshall Rosenberg used to talk about maleitis and femaleitis and femaleitis being not knowing what we need not knowing how to ask for it and kind of assuming that others and particularly if we have a partner will be able to know what we need and meet our needs without us actually knowing what they are or asking for them to be met or being actually even willing to have them met and the tricky situations that can get us into. So there's so many layers and levels of reclaiming the beauty of our needs and knowing that we're safe to ask for what we need. Yeah, because there's so many ways that we all got conditioned and had painful experiences when we did speak up and say, actually, no, this basically we were saying this doesn't meet my needs. We would have got shamed or punished or excluded or just not heard. It's a really, really big process to reclaim them. And I think so often that is part of that process, isn't it? With aware parenting and natural learning, not only are we learning how to listen to what our baby and then our child and then our tween, our teen need and respond empathically in a way that we're willing to support them to get their needs met. We're also reparenting and reculturing, reculturing ourselves in terms of our own needs. And I think often that's such a parallel process, isn't it? As we, as we understand, oh, they need this. And we might be reparenting that two-year-old in us who didn't get to you know, have our need to be heard met or our need to be trusted or honoured or respected or any of those things met. It's such a powerful, beautiful journey, isn't it? Hard, but powerful and amazing. Yeah, yeah. And it's so obvious why it's so difficult, isn't it? I love how you describe that because if we grew up in a family where this wasn't known about that there would have been no conversation about needs and we wouldn't have got to express what we wanted or we might have done, but nobody would have listened. It wouldn't have been valued. And then we'd go to school where, as you say, we're so disconnected from all of that at school. We're not allowed to even those basic things like going to the toilet or eating or drinking and all the other things and and not being met in that. And then we, like you say, we come into this culture, which is particularly for women, I think it's so, well, actually probably for both, but particularly for mothers, there is all this pressure and and misunderstanding in our culture that a a woman sacrifices herself for her children or, or that she has to, if she wants to put herself first, then her children have to be, sent off to be looked after somewhere else she can't she can't meet her needs if the children are at home and and like you say all that all the shame and all the judgment that comes into it too it's really difficult to to unlearn that and to start to bring our awareness to to what is it that we actually need and how can we take steps to meet it and I love that list that you gave about you know all of those things that we really need we need to feel safe we need to be able willing to ask we need to and and that stuff around our partners because it's so powerful when we can tune into ourselves, work out what's going on and what we're needing, and then ask for it. Then we actually get our needs met. Whereas when we don't know that we have to do that or that we can do that, it's just, you can see how our needs are never going to get met in that because it's just going to end up having a, having a fight with your partner or whatever it is, but it's just, 
yeah, it's such a so effective when we can gradually learn to do all that. But it, it's a lot of unlearning in the process. A huge amount of unlearning. I'm thinking too, and I know for myself, when I was together with the father of my children, that the the kind of resentment that I'd feel so much of it because I was still learning how to actually ask well value my needs enough and be willing for them to get met so I would be blaming him that I wasn't getting my needs met rather than I know there's a bigger cultural piece around men and women in the DDC and I really want to acknowledge that too but also all the ways in which I I was not yet I hadn't got to a place where I could really clearly just feel really comfortable with what I needed and be really willing to get my needs met and with my Marian method work to be willing for him to get his needs met and the, and our children like that's what I love about what I really love reconnecting with is the willingness for all practice in the Marian method which is I am really willing for us all to get our needs met here and I, I remember after developing that it being so helpful and like particularly with Sunny around screens and when he turned into a teenager and was wanting to be on screens late and I remember so many times that really saved me from going there. Sometimes I still went into feeling powerless and not responding in ways that I wanted to, but all the time that I could remember, I am just, and I would often repeat it many times. I'm really willing for us to both get our needs met here and to hold that in, in my body, that absolute willingness that would transform the experience from one of like me going into powerlessness and, either giving up on my needs or trying to use power over in some way to be able to stay connected even if it still didn't we might not necessarily have found an ideal solution every time but for me it's been one of the most pivotal things to really deeply value my needs and my children's and the father of my children's and everybody's needs in the family and be willing for us all to get those needs met mm. yes and what's interesting as well is when when we find ourselves not willing to get what what is it then it's such a beautiful invitation to then bring some some curiosity as to the why 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 am i not really willing actually for this what is it that's getting in the way and that is often such a beautiful opportunity for more profound healing and more greater clarity and and self awareness to particularly with when you have a beautiful empathy partner or you're having sessions or you're doing some of your beautiful willingness work, it's it's really profound to be able to explore a little bit about why. And again, at the end of that process, it's so much easier to get our needs met and it's so much easier to be willing for everyone to get their needs met too. Oh, yes. I'm really remembering before I developed the willingness work, I remember there were quite a few times where I'd really want to go to the beach and I would like really be trying to encourage my children. They just didn't want to go. And so often I'd end up feeling really resentful or powerless or just just I remember some really unenjoyable times where maybe we'd even get there and then they just weren't willing to get out of the car. And I just I get really resentful and have big feelings. And what I realized once I developed the willingness work is that so often, actually, I wasn't really willing for something. So this, again, is the Marian method work, not aware parenting or MVC, but so influenced by those two. But it really helped me see that if I wasn't willing for something and I was trying to make it happen, my children would often not be willing. And I'd kind of blame them. I'd say they it was them where actually I hadn't really listened into myself deeply enough to, to my own 
to my own needs and to my own willingness. And the more I understood how to do that, yeah, the less I would that those scenarios would happen because I just knew actually I'm not willing to go to the beach or I am only willing to go to the beach if these other things happen or it was it was unhelpful. So again, mm. just really understanding needs and really listening into ourselves can really prevent a whole lot of very unenjoyable disconnection, resentment, arguments, those kinds of things. Yeah, yeah. And especially that sort of sense of having to either completely dismiss our needs or to power over our children in order to get needs met. And I love like all of those beautiful tools of aware parenting that we can bring in there too. But if you look at the list of the that needs inventory under honesty, it's got authenticity, integrity, and presence. And that is that's really what's what you're describing in that process, isn't it? Really connecting in with our what we authentically truly want. Yeah, what what is in in line with us being in integrity and and how can we bring our presence and awareness to to that process? But yeah, I love I love how you describe that. Yeah, I love how you describe that too. Yes, 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 yes. And I think there's another thing we were going to talk about, weren't we, Joss, as well about how again the DDC kind of well, it makes it harder, but it also has this belief, doesn't it, that if you have your children at home with you, that you're never going to be able to get things done for yourself, but also in terms of caring for the home and all of those kinds of things. And again, I think that's such a core DDC belief because if you think about it in any indigenous culture, young children are around seeing what adults are doing and they're copying them. That's how they learn how to do the things that are required to do. And I think uh, that's why one of the reasons I loved Montessori in Montessori they have something called the prepared environment which is really supporting that natural desire children have and often there is about that one and a half two three year old where they just you know they don't they haven't yet learned from us and from the DDC that caring for the home is like boring or drudgery they just they loved didn't they they just I remember when they wanted to sweep and they wanted to hang up clothes and they wanted to wash up and all of those things and I think again if we reconnect with that is how society is designed to operate children are designed to be around adults watching what adults do learning copying so that they become competent at doing the things that they need to do as adults and I think that really makes such a difference when we're when we're doing aware parenting and natural learning to support that natural process. And to and I know for me, it helped me actually regain the joy in doing all of those things. Because I remember with Lana, like even she, I don't really polish, I haven't polished anything for years, but she'd love, poly, we'd be polishing the wooden statues and it was just so fun doing things together and hanging out washing together. And I'd always find when Sunny came along, so I'd find ways that I was just doing those caring for the home things but they were doing it too and whatever level that they could do that to I would support I'd set that up rather than again I think in this culture there's this thing of because caring for the home is not valued and neither is parenting it's often isn't it like parents get told do yeah do clean all the house when the baby's sleeping or send them off to school so that you can do things like that or of course you might get support and have pay for someone to come in and do those things but for me, it was such a beautiful process of actually doing those things with my children. And I actually really regret that I didn't keep doing that in some way. I know many aware parenting natural learning families who really support their children to really be involved with like cooking. And I know for me at a certain point, I just went, 
oh, this is a bit much effort to keep supporting them to learn how to do it. And so I just kind of took over and did it myself. And it's one big, well, not a regret, but if I was to go back again, I would really just take more time to support them whilst they wanted to be involved in doing those things. Because I just know from seeing many other parents that then children just naturally then they enjoy cooking. They want to be part of it. So I just think that is such a key part to to us not feeling resentful because we're just doing everything as as the parents, but actually, and also not coercing children. Of course, there's attachment play. We can support them to enjoy caring for the home and putting things away and all of those things, but to actually support that natural developmental stage of them wanting to do those kinds of things. To me, that just made a huge difference. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so interesting that when we think of, what learning is and this view that learning is sitting at school at a desk doing a curriculum writing in a book and yet I mean I went to one of the best schools in England in inverted commas best and yet when I left I had no idea how to take care of my basic my basic needs at all I didn't know how to cook I didn't know how to do laundry I didn't know how to clean a house I didn't I really had no idea how to do any of those basic things and I see so much value in having spent lots of time at home with my children, sometimes helping, sometimes watching, sometimes observing, sometimes playing as part of that. And they both have learned all of these skills from just, as you say, from watching, from being part of it at home. And I think it that that learning to, to tend to your home, that learning the different tasks of life is so important and I really value that so highly. I mean, I value that way more highly than learning about, you know, the history of World War One, for example, that would be in the curriculum. I mean, unless you're really fascinated by learning about that, in which case, of course, do it. But, you know, just I, I really see so much value in learning those those fundamental basic tasks of life and doing it together in a way that is often enjoyable and not always sometimes it's really difficult and there are lots of big feelings there but the other thing that is really helpful in this conversation I think is to say how when our children are at home with us and we're offering them aware parenting and we're listening to feelings and we are offering them lots of attachment play and we're meeting their needs and we're not putting them in an environment which is a source of a lot of stress and and difficulty for them our children are generally much more easy to be with they're much less likely to be uncooperative and to be having lots of big feelings and so it's actually easier so this this idea like you say this myth that we have to be sending our kids away to be looked after by somebody else so that we can get the cleaning done is yeah it's it's missing the fact that by sending them away by disconnecting from them by putting them in an environment which is often very stressful for them where they're being exposed to all kinds of things we might not want them to be exposed to where they're on the receiving end of harshness often it, they they come home from that environment with lots of feelings to share and it's actually then harder to 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 meet everyone's needs because we're constantly having to catch up with the the, the latest sources of stress and trauma for them. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. And I also want to go back to also what you're saying about being at one of the, the best inverted commas schools in, in England. And, and I'm thinking about all the other things that are really helpful to learn with, with natural learning, like 
going shopping and choosing things. And I remember my children so much fun, like making shopping lists. And Lana, I remember, was passionate about making cakes. So when it was every anyone's birthday, she'd literally spend months looking through every cake recipe book. And I bought quite a few and looking at all the ingredients and deciding. And it was such a process. And of course, all the things that get learned in terms of what goes into making cakes and how the different measurements and going to the shops and buying those and all the things that are actually really useful to learn in terms of later on being able to do tax and stuff like that actually really useful things doing taxes doing seeing us do all of that kind of stuff and actually learning how to do really useful things that are actually helpful if you have a veggie garden learning how to do tend to the garden maybe look after the car I don't know all the things that might be really useful things to have in life as you say I totally agree I think those are so much more useful to be able to do all that stuff than know about the history of World War II which you can of course go and learn at any time if you're interested in that as well plenty of time to do that too but if you if you're 18 you can't actually do anything very much it's yeah practical stuff Mm. again it's we've talked so much about this in the early episodes didn't we about how the DDC really doesn't value, doesn't see practical, tangible things that we need to do in our day-to-day lives as valuable. It's like reading and writing are the valuable things, and they're the those are the things that are valued in our culture. Those are the careers that are valued. But everything, I could argue that the, the more practical things are much more essential. <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah. I think about all the things that my children have learned just by being at home with us around health and nutrition around well-being around like you say growing food in our case building a home and all of those other things that I I just value so so highly for them and this idea that we need to send our children away to school in order to get our needs met I, I on the one hand I really want to acknowledge how hard it is to have our children at home with us and how how hard it often is to meet our needs in that environment but I also want to say that yeah that 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 fails to mention how much rushing around and stress and difficulty that we bring to our life when we send our children away to school yes we might have four hours or five hours in the day or six hours in the day or however long it is when they're not at home to be able to do whatever it is that we might want to do or need to do but there's also a lot of of stuff associated with that way of life that actually it doesn't meet anyone's needs at all and is really stressful and difficult and unpleasant so it's there's that aspect to it as well in terms of the understanding that that actually what we're being sold is you know send your kids away to school and then you're going to get all this time to yourself to do everything is is missing quite a lot about that process which is actually very difficult and unpleasant Oh, absolutely. Yeah, when I think about needing to gap at a certain time every day and having all the all the stuff we've again talked about, so unenjoyable. And I think it also doesn't really value, like for, for me and I know for you too, Joss, like how much actually just hanging out and doing natural learning and aware parenting, particularly as you say, because they have far less accumulated feelings, is actually just really enjoyable and actually really meets so many of our needs. I know for me, so many of my needs got met through hanging out with my children and through hanging out with friends with their children, all of us hanging out together. I just had so many thousands of hours of beautiful, lovely connection and going to the beach and going on outings and going places, particularly when they were younger. It was just glorious. Like so many needs met. Mm. Yes, yes, I know. I have so many of those beautiful memories too. 
so many needs met um, and that, that never could have been met if they'd been at school. So it's also about that different perspective about what, what do we truly need rather than what do we think we need or what is society telling us that we need, but what do we truly value most and what do we really need more of? And yes, yeah, so often that is easier to meet with our children with us um, just and living a free life. Absolutely. And I do want to come back to what you said as well about children who have less accumulated feelings and have more needs met and are having more fun. It is also easier for us to get our needs met whilst we're with them because it's because it's enjoyable, because they are more likely to be willing to cooperate. And so needs for ease and cooperation and fun and joy and connection, all of those things. And also, you know, I know for me, my children just were completely in love with each other, as I mentioned many times until they had the, the kind of big trauma that happened. And so it meant that they would be hanging out together a lot and I would be right there with them, but I might be doing something else that I wanted to do whilst they were hanging out together and having loads of fun. So again, the aware parenting element also makes it so much more possible for us to get our needs met as well, because there isn't so many of those accumulated feelings leading to all the kinds of symptoms we know of in terms of the they're hitting the biting and they're just not being willing to cooperate and just the the whining, all the things that actually mean it's very hard to do things that are nourishing for ourselves whilst being with them because it's it's very intense, isn't it? They need a lot of connection or, or they need a lot of like us kind of trying to put the fires out because there's so many feelings there. So again, it just, it, and of course it's not, we, we, it's not all hunky-dory all the time but it's just so much easier with that aware parenting element you know I imagine doing natural learning without that would be quite a different story in terms of meeting needs would be much much harder mm. yes yes indeed yeah and I think you know, whatever choice we make life as you say because we are living so disconnected from how we're really designed to live to thrive as humans, it's it's always difficult. There are always things that are going to be really hard. And so, but if, if what you truly, really value is is connection and and love and play and presence and closeness and empathy and to be understood and all of those things, then those needs are just so much more met by having our children at home than than by sending them away so that we have time to get a massage which I also understand how important that is too yeah absolutely yes 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 so lots of empathy and compassion and uh, to the times when it's hard and the normalness of that and we're just really celebrating any of you who are doing aware parenting natural learning or considering it because it is you know it requires a lot to take on that responsibility to to meet needs and and it can be so wonderful so wonderful so much of the time <laughs> yes 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 indeed mm. <sighs> yum <laughs> so any invitations joss or last words um, i think i just would invite people if they feel called to to go and have a look at the center for Nonviolent communication needs inventory and just just have a look and have a think about even if it's just choosing one thing from that list that you that really jumps out at you there's something that would be really feel really lovely for you to to meet that need for yourself and just exploring a, what what might be some of the ways that you might do that 
it's it's really that's just beautiful in itself I think isn't it so beautiful I'm gonna I'm gonna copy that one I agree <laughs> would you like to go and have a look so that's uh, cnvc.org yeah we'll look in the notes as well yeah beautiful hmm. would you like to share about your offerings lovely Joss oh yeah so I've got um Aletha Salter is going to do a workshop that I'm hosting about uh, discipline without punishments and rewards, which is just amazing. And there's a few spots left on that. Not many. So that's in July and that's online. And I just I think it's such a central aspect of aware parenting and it, it just feeds into every other aspect of aware parenting, too. And every time I've read all her books so many times and every time I've I come to all the meetings where I get a chance to speak to her, the aware parenting instructor meetings that you host. Thank you for that. And I just every time she opens her mouth, I uh, learn so much from her. So I'm really excited for that so if anybody would like to join that's still available go to my website uh, awareparenting.com.au it's on the courses page and I've just finished the last live round of the aware parenting teenagers course which was really lovely and uh, the yeah I really enjoyed all of those uh, sessions and I'm still doing my stuff I'm, I'm actually going away for a month yay with my beautiful family I can't wait my son and his girlfriend are coming too and my daughter and it's just going to be so gorgeous to all be together for a month so I'm going to be a bit quieter but I'll still be working away a little bit in the background but mostly I'm going to meet my needs for connection for fun for rest for relaxation for beauty for inspiration for <laughs> all of those yummy things really like every <laughs> every mead on the whole list <laughs> yeah. yay I'm so celebrating you it's so wonderful I love that <laughs> what about you lovely Marion I haven't got any live things because at the moment I'm aiming to get my aware parenting babies well that's not the title of it but my book about aware parenting with babies and I recommend Aletha's book the aware baby and I'm just adding some of my own little flavors that's that's my next thing but if you do want to look at any courses I have got a love being a mother course that talks about needs as mothers and I've got one called transformation through mothering so if you're a mother and you've been listening to this and you want to meet your needs more those might be nice courses to do. I still do. I'm still doing one on one as well in the background. Mm-hmm. I love all that. I can't wait to read your beautiful baby book. <laughs> Excuse me. I can't wait to read your beautiful baby book. And I loved. I did. I remember doing your loving being a mother course. It was just oh. beautiful. You had a thing as well. Fifty ways to be your. Oh, you're so psychic. Fifty ways to be your own lover because yes. that song was playing. Then my neighbor was playing that song today. And I was like, there's a message from life. That's not a web printer. That's the Merriman's work. And I was like, mm, how interesting that that was playing today. Fifty ways, which was basically 50 ways of doing really enjoyable things here. I have actually yeah. still somewhere I might see if I can go and find it <laughs> oh that would be beautiful put it in the show notes if you can find <laughs> yeah, it awesome. that was awesome as well oh, thank you so oh, much for everything Marie. thank you so much for all that you're doing so I appreciate you bringing Aletha to Australia well bring virtually to Australia so that more people with this time zone can listen I know. I'm getting up in the middle of the night to listen so that's so <laughs> yes 1am didn't really meet my needs for <laughs> so yeah awesome yes Mm, so much love to all of our listeners thank you so much for listening and we look forward to talking to you next time yeah so much love so much love